podcast. I'm Dr. John Cook. I'm so glad you joined us today as we continue our series on Systematic Theology 2. This is part 11 in our study on lesson number 30 on the doctrine of eschatology or the doctrine of last things. Now in this study, we are going to see the battle of Armageddon as men turn to fight against the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to see the visible return of the Savior to set up his kingdom when he will rule and reign on the throne of his father David in Jerusalem. We're also going to see the sheep and goat judgment. We're going to understand after seeing it what the scriptures say about it. So we'll get to our study right after this. So now we come in part 11 to Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 to 21. This gives us the details of the battle of Armageddon. Men will in that day literally be fighting against God because the Lord Jesus Christ himself shall come with his armies from heaven and fight against man. Verse 15 says, He treadeth the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. The fowls of the air and the beast of the field will feast upon the dead bodies of the armies that fight against God. This is called the harvest of the earth and is spoken of as the supper of the great God in Revelation chapter 19 verses 17 and 18 where we read, And I saw an angel standing in the sun. And he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. Now Ezekiel speaks of that time in Ezekiel chapter 39, verses 17 through 22. Listen to what it says. And thou, son of man, thus saith the Lord God, speak unto every feathered fowl and to every beast of the field. Assemble yourselves and come. Gather yourselves on every side to my sacrifice, that I do sacrifice for you, even a great sacrifice upon the mountains of Israel, that ye may eat flesh and drink blood. Ye shall eat the flesh of the mighty and drink the blood of the princes of the earth, of rams, of lambs, and of goats, of bullocks, all of them fatlings of Bashan. And ye shall eat till ye be full and drink blood till ye be drunken of my sacrifice, which I have sacrificed for you. Thus ye shall be filled at my table with horses and chariots, with mighty men and with all men of war, saith the Lord God. And I will set my glory among the heathen, and all the heathen shall see my judgment, shall see my judgment that I have executed, and my hand that I have laid upon them. So the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day and forward. It is this very day that Jesus refers to 
In Matthew chapter 24, verses 27 through 28, look at what he says. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Eagles are like vultures. They'll feed on dead bodies in that day after the battle of Armageddon. Then shall the false prophet and the Antichrist be cast alive into the lake of fire, where they will still be in torment a thousand years later when Satan will be cast into the lake of fire where death and hell are cast. Satan at this time, following the battle of Armageddon, will be bound for a thousand years. In Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 to 3, look what it says. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till a thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. Now our Lord Jesus Christ returns physically to this earth. This is his literal, visible, physical return to this world. He will set up his millennial kingdom upon the earth. That is his thousand year reign. For Jesus must return to this world physically, visibly before the setting up of the millennial kingdom will take place. This is his kingdom. And his kingdom shall go right out into eternity. We know that Jesus is going to come back literally, physically, and visibly. Because the angels gave testimony to that in Acts chapter 1 and verse 11, when they said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 4 says, and his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a very great valley. And half of the mountain shall remove toward the north and half of it toward the south. He is going to come in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 8. Jesus is going to come back with power and great glory, according to Matthew chapter 24 and verse 30. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7 says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. When he comes, he will destroy the Antichrist with the brightness of his coming. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 8 tells us. 
What does the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ mean to us as born-again believers today? It means we should be on our guard looking for His coming. That is the rapture. That's what Matthew chapter 24 tells us in verse 42. It says, Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Not only should we be on our guard, but we should live sober lives according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 6. It says, Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. We are commanded to mortify the deeds of the flesh in Colossians chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. It says, For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Mortify. Mortify means we are to put to death the wickedness of our flesh, and we are to live for the Savior, holy lives to His glory. After all, we are saved unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them, according to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. The first resurrection comes in three phases. We read of the first resurrection in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 23 through 24. Listen to what it says. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Then come at the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. Those three phases are set forth in this scripture. Christ, the firstfruits. Afterward, they that are Christ is his coming, and then come at the end. Christ is now risen. He is the proof positive that all that put their faith and trust in him shall rise up from the grave. Resurrection after the rapture, when the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to be with the Lord forever. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 16 and 17 tells us. This then is the second part of the first resurrection. The third part is the resurrection of the tribulation saints at the end. This is what we read about in Revelation chapter 20 verses 4 and 5 when he says, And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. 
This is the first resurrection. After the rapture at the end of the tribulation will come the resurrection of the Old Testament saints. This is the resurrection to everlasting life spoken of in Daniel chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. Listen to what it says. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. So, having seen the battle of Armageddon as men seek to fight against the Lord, we understand that's a fool's mission. You can't fight against God. And having seen the visible return of the Savior to Jerusalem to set up his kingdom, we understand that he will rule and reign on his throne in Jerusalem forever. So we understand now the purpose of the sheep and goat judgment is to determine those that will go into the millennial reign of the Savior. The sheep go into his kingdom based on what they did for Israel in the tribulation. The goats go, will go into hell because of what they did not do for Israel in the tribulation period. This is strictly by their works. They go in or do not go into the kingdom, the millennial reign of our Lord. So in our next lesson, we're going to look at the millennial kingdom of our Savior. Until that lesson, God bless. John Cook again. I want to thank you for joining us in this podcast. I encourage you to join us in the next podcast as we continue our series on Systematic Theology 2. Hey, while you're here, why don't you click that subscribe button and follow us and you'll be notified just as soon as another podcast is released. Appreciate it. God bless.